0: It is my absolute pleasure to award the 2022 Commonwealth Medal to Charlie Curnow from the Commonwealth Football Club. P. Cripps, three votes, and I declare the winner of the 2022 Brownlow Medal, Patrick Cripps of the Commonwealth
1: Football Club. Sail! Welcome to the Blue Pod. I'm your host, Tess Hampton, joined as always by my co-host, Matt Duffy. Maddie, we played the bombers and officially blew up our season. How are you feeling? <laughs> I thought you were going
0: to say bombed out or something. I was waiting to see what you were going to go with this. I week. was
1: going to go there, but I felt it was too obvious. I want to be, you know, more nuanced than
0: that. <laughs> oh, more questions, same disappointment. Uh, just yeah, it's a, uh, it's getting a very repetitive and unfortunately not in a good way season, isn't it?
1: I know. I just want us to win, not only so we, um, you know, started to improve our season, but so you and I had a new tone and something. Different to talk about in the podcast. A bit of excitement would have been nice, but no, the misery continues. Uh, If you're new to the podcast, we do a four-quarter performance here, so we break the podcast into four quarters. In the first quarter, we give our reactions to the game, which has been dour for the last eight, nine, ten weeks, whatever it's been now. Mm -hmm. In the second quarter, we dive deep on the players. In the third quarter, we talk about things from the coach's box perspective where all the heat is going at the moment. And in the fourth quarter, we open our mailbag. Maddie, let's dive in. Carlton, 6-16, 42, were defeated by Essendon, 13-8, 86. Have I got that right? It was 42 in the end?
0: Yeah, no, uh, 52 maybe? 52, 6-16, 52.
1: 52. Okay, sorry, guys. I was like, that's even worse than I thought. No, 52. <laughs> My apologies. Still pretty bad. Goals. Charlie Kerner with two. Chicotta with his first goal in the navy blue. First goal altogether. Martin with one. McKay and Owies with one apiece. Disposals. Walsh with thirty five, how effective they are will come to that. Chera with thirty one, Doc with twenty seven, Saad with twenty two against his old mob, and Akers with twenty one. Maddie, thirty four point loss to the art retrival. We find ourselves in the bottom four after starting the season thinking we might have a chance at top four. How are you feeling?
0: Uh, I think I've grown pretty numb to the results, so unaffected yeah, emotionally anymore. I Glad been you didn't go to the game. <laughs> very Yeah, I was tossing up, so I had no one really to go with, everyone was away. Um, I was interstate,
1: to to be clear.
0: Yeah, uh, I was struggling to find any mates who wanted to go and and with work it was always going to be tight for me to make it. Uh, so I was just like, oh, I'm not going to, not going to push and uh, probably, probably a good move. Uh, I think yeah. the, the little line I've been rolling out to anyone I talk to about the game, uh, that's especially that's a Carlton supporter, is different method, same result.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Tell me more. Expand on that, <laughs> but
0: I agree. Well, I think it was pretty clear early on and, and for the whole game. And to be honest, I enjoyed watching this loss in some ways more than some of our. our this is so sad where like got to this point. Um, yeah, we
1: just <laughs> This loss was more enjoyable. But
0: finally, we saw a complete change in attitude of the team. We saw them willing to take yes. the game on, take some risks. We saw some exciting play. Uh, sure, there were mistakes, but I thought defensively we were able to hold up. To see, you know, we didn't didn't crumble under the the turnover well, game of of playing more adventurous. Um, if
1: until the third quarter, that is. But yes, yeah,
0: but that wasn't even turnover. That was just out of the center. That was just getting smashed in clearances. Yeah, true, true, true. Uh, but uh, I think we still struggled to get good shots on goal, especially early. And then the pressure built, and mm-hmm. then we couldn't convert. And a couple nice maneuvers pulled by Scott at halftime for the Bombers uh, got them the edge in the third. And yeah. um, we didn't. We took too long to react, and and it was game over. And I was actually just looking at the scores before, and this is going to be off the top of my head. So I have it in front of me. You might have it in front of you. Uh, I do. It, the I think we kicked something like one goal. Two goals, two goals, one goal, or one goal, two, one goal, two, or something like that.
1: In each in each quarter, yeah,
0: it was. We never scored. So we more were than one five
1: in the first quarter, one five, three ten by half time. So that was two goals and five behinds in the second quarter, in which we dominated. Obviously, the third quarter was atrocious, and then the fourth quarter, in which we dominated. I can't uh, let me work out off the top of my head. Six behinds and one goal in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, so we we actually dominated in periods. But as Voss put in his press conference, sometimes it's quite simple. You gotta you gotta kick the goal and we're just unable to do that. For the billionth time we're saying this, we cannot execute on the scoreboard. So even though we had a different method, like you said, same outcome.
0: So I I know obviously we got there's a lot of blame being placed on the players and I think they're also blaming themselves, but I think really uh, Grave was dug by Voss in the preseason when he, he started, decided to roll out this defensive game plan and put a lot all the eggs in one basket and they came out and did that but obviously realised it wasn't working. And now he's finally pulled the trigger of, okay, we need to be a bit more creative and aggressive. And it's clear the players have no idea what they're doing out there. Like there's no method yeah. to what they were doing last night. And so even though we're playing way more aggressively and we move the ball well at times, there was still – it didn't result in better shots on goal, especially early on. Yeah. We're still taking long pings from outside 50 or hard up against the boundary line. I think the one time De Conning marked in the square, it was given against as a free. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got every was,
1: in, hands in the back possible.
0: And then pressure built and we missed a few easy set shots. Everyone missed. It wasn't any particular person. Uh, but you yep. could see the you – know, The hips are contagious. Very contagious. contagious. Uh, it's just. I think you can tell. We don't know the amount of times we handball to another teammate. And we put that teammate under more pressure than what we were just on. Was is stark. I was watching the pie's demons game a little bit this afternoon mm. and when they release a handball when i'll maybe it's just you know i'm, I'm biased and just watching it because i'm just angry at how we're going but i feel like they, they handball to advantageous positions like as soon as they give it to yeah. someone someone running in the right direction or they're going forward or there's to an open teammate swear i swear, it's I swear not just to
1: give for the sake oh, of a give so and, oh many we times, need to get speed on it yeah in the wrong spot we just though. catch yeah. it
0: flick it to the guy next to us don't worry if he's about to get absolutely swamped by three players it's just happens yeah. happens regularly and i think we we're our own worst enemy when it comes to that sort of thing.
1: I think you're right on the players blaming themselves. A lot of players are, I think they it's hard. It's interesting. Are they with Voss or aren't they? I think they are with him because they're coming out saying it's on us. It's on us. Almost trying to say, don't blame the coaches here. Charlie Kerner gave an interview on ABC grandstand after the game. Maddie, did you catch that? It was. I with
0: read some highlights of it this afternoon.
1: Yeah. So he's um, talked about, I think basically taking ownership of it himself. He says, you know, he's really hurting Uh, And he's feeling the frustration as well. But he said a lot of the shots were outside 50 in tough spots. um, And when you're relying on those instead of good shots from zero to 30, it can be really difficult. And that's on me as much as anyone. So he's basically saying he's not, you know, leading to the right spots. Maybe he's finding himself in the wrong positions. And I don't know if that's a player thing or a game plan thing, but he's saying it's on me as much as anyone that we're getting these ridiculous shots. But then even when we get them straight in front, like in the last quarter, I thought, is it, is it possible that we're going to have a run on here? Surely not. But we had Owies with a shot directly in front and he missed it. And
0: Well, he was a long yeah, way out from him, though. But, yeah. Um, I, I think what was telling and what showed was when we did get those really good uh, runs towards goal, we were wide open and Charlie pinged them from 50 or 55 out. He initially had no one to kick to but didn't have the nous to maybe look sideways or hold it up. Um, maybe backpedal for two seconds. I feel like all the forwards got a bit, uh, you know, trigger happy. Motlob was one I whinged to you about via message during the game. He was streaming forward. He had guys with him and he was on the 50 with a wide open goal screen. He tried to hit a check side from 50 rather than just popping it over the top. And um, I reckon they came in with an aggressive mentality. So the mentality was to score. So I think guys were keen to get shots on goal, which has been something we've struggled with, I think, frankly. Uh, yeah. But I also think those haven't been in those situations. They haven't trained for them. Yeah. They don't think, you know, we need to pull up and find a slightly better option even though we've got the open square. Uh, and then we end up with the same issue we have every week whereas we all of a sudden we're under, under pressure to convert and we're very bad at that.
1: Yeah, and the commentators were saying that at halftime. I don't know if you were watching the Foxtel uh, I, I, commentary, No, Maddie. I
0: went for a wonder at halftime.
1: Uh, fair enough. Uh, they they loved us. They were At halftime, it was all love the way Carlton's playing. Even though we were down by two points, we had dominated and it was a real shame we let them get those late goals. And you'd think from the way the Fox commentary team was talking, we were up by two goals. Uh, but they were really liking the way we were playing, but saying exactly what you just said, Maddie, that the problem is that last uh, decision in the chain. We're not used to having the open... F- 50, we're not used to having that chance and we clearly are lacking practice in what to do when you get those opportunities. Oh, so, Sorry for
0: regurgitating Fox Footy half time, no, everyone.
1: <laughs> bang on, you could be an expert commentator. But then um, it all went massively, awry obviously in the third quarter. Like you alluded to, those two key coaching moves, the, the shaking the tag on merit and stringer into the middle. Yeah. Uh, made a huge difference. But then also we had six tackles in the whole quarter, I think four up to very late in the quarter, in a quarter where they had so much of the ball and we could barely get our hands on it, to have such little tackle pressure. Voss said in the press conference it was completely unacceptable and it was.
0: Yep, our lowest tackle count in eight years. And if you break down the numbers even further, and I, I find this fascinating also when talking about like the player's psyche, we laid 15 tackles in the in the first quarter Um, and then, and then we laid six in each quarter after that. So not many after that. So we came out with a bang, we kick one goal five and all of a sudden our guys, for whatever reason, stops tackling and the game just slowly slipped away from us. It's almost like those misses in the first quarter deflated everyone. And we went, they just went, oh, here we go again. And just, and that was the start of the end.
1: Exactly. And that's what it is. The, the team gets deflated and they struggle to. And you also can't be manic, I think we talked about this last week, it's hard not to repeat ourselves, but you can't be manic with pressure the whole game, that, that can't be a method, obviously it's great to bring high intensity, high pressure, but there's got to be, you know, a bit more than just, oh we're going to chaotically tackle and bring the heat for one quarter, you've got to have something more yeah, consistent, I, do you know what I mean?
0: I do, yeah, if you play a crazy high pressure game, style, even if you manage to pull it off for a couple games, it's... I don't think it's sustainable for a season. There's no team that has ever been able to... Richmond's probably the closest thing in their in their heyday when they had yeah. that run and handball, but that was slightly different because part of their craziness was everyone running forward. So they all got touches of the ball and everyone runs a bit harder when you're touching the ball. It wasn't so much crazy defensive. It was crazy running everywhere rather than just defensive yeah. running. Um, but yeah, I think it's very... They're probably the only team I think can think of in recent times that were able to maintain that crazy manic pressure and periods and even Richmond would do it for the first half and get leads and then just hang on in the second half most of the time was the, was the way it sort of worked out for them. It's just yeah, it's a very tough um, style to to maintain.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's not possible. The, the other thing about this game, Eddie, with that third quarter where Essendon just parted on, I think I sent you a text saying, Essendon isn't even that good. I don't feel like Essendon is some phenomenal forward pressure offensive, you know, amazing team. Yeah, we continue to make teams look good, whether it be the intercepting defenders looking like they need an all-Australian jacket after they play in this week. Suddenly Essendon looks like they've got some amazing forward movement and offensive prowess. Um, I don't know. It just It's just baffling to me that Essendon managed to tear us apart so completely.
0: Yeah, I think we had two massive culprits in key areas of the ground. I think everyone knows had a Crips had a shocker. Yeah, um, we're coming
1: to him next quarter. Yeah, I know the other one you're gonna say. So we say won't it. go too hard.
0: Yeah, and obviously the other one was young with with right up forward yeah. who had an absolute field day. So and in the third quarter, what happened? We got beaten the center clearances and they outmarked us up front. And those two was the, the primary culprits of, of what was happening yeah. there. Uh yeah. and we didn't try What about the it,
1: coaching moves though, Maddie? Our ones? Well, lack thereof. They're yeah. coaching moves that, did you, like, I guess it's coach's box question. But did we just get completely outdone there? Is yeah. The
0: well, I felt like we, we had we didn't really have much of a response, did we? It was good coaching by them. So, stringer into the center bounce, um, good clearance player, way bigger than Kerno, uh, way stronger than Merritt. So he's a good clearance player, and yeah. Merritt to the forward line. And uh, Merritt was got, initially was on Chincotta. I, I don't know who if he was on him the whole time, but. Um, didn't stay with him, probably maybe a bit more inexperienced smalls and managed to, to get hold of us and use the ball really well and made us pay for it. It was a, a very smart uh, coaching move from Brad Scott and it wouldn't have bothered Brad me Scott if it was, was available yeah, to us. If it was a couple goals at the start of the quarter, and I was like, okay, good move, they got us. You'd expect a reaction, but, gee, we, we yeah. seem pretty happy just to let that roll on for 10 or 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, way too long, way too long. We'll dissect that further as we go on. Um Look, I don't know what else to say. Did you think we had any hope in the fourth quarter, like against mm. any other Carlton team previously? You'd think it wasn't an insurmountable mountain, and we started, we dominated. But the minute they kicked away from us, I thought the way we cannot score, we have no hope whatsoever. Yeah, of I had this back.
0: Had a slither of hope with the with the way we were playing. So the way we were trying to move the ball, at least that gives us the opportunity to score quickly. I think that more aggressive movement of the ball. But as you yeah. say, uh, our inability to actually convert is just, yeah, you're right. I probably was, it was probably false hope um, because we've sort of proven over the last two months that we can't do that. Um, but I did sort of hold yeah. hope until I think you're right. I think it was that always missed shot. Cause I think yeah. if he got that, we're well, only about two goals, like 13 points or something down um
1: yeah we, we put us in with a sniff and we were playing actually pretty well ironically this is the thing we don't always play that badly we just cannot score and never look like winning even when we're playing okay that was the
0: crazy thing that's what i quite liked about as i said this even though it was a terrible defeat it was not as bad to watch i found as other games at least we weren't playing this you know stagnant dour defensive game there was you know something to yeah. get ex- try get excited about and yeah. Uh, yeah, we just, we just did not put this, the score on the board, but it was nice to try and see something, something happen at least.
1: Yeah. I thought so too. At least we have something slightly different to discuss this week, a slightly different look. Shall we dive into the second quarter now, Maddie? Cause there are some players that you've mentioned that we need to talk about. All right, second quarter, we dive deep on the players and we start by naming our whipping boy and our boy. Our whipping boy is someone that we think needs to improve, had a bit of a shocker. We give them a little uh, kick up the bum. And our boy is someone who might not make our best and fairest votes, but we like what they brought Maddie, I feel like you've named the two obvious candidates already, but who are
0: you <laughs> picking as your whipping boy? I think there's a few. I'm going to go for just someone who I'm just disappointed in because I think I had higher hopes and I think they're fizzling a little bit, uh, maybe showing mm-hmm. their inexperience, and this is probably a little harsh, but I'm going to give it to Motlop. Uh, I felt uh-huh, like...
1: Okay, it was different.
0: Yeah, I felt like... We've uh, talked, we'll talk about others, so we'll, we'll give others their the just desserts. Uh, desserts? <laughs> yeah. Um
1: Desserts, I think,
0: Maddie. Yeah, good. Okay, got it right the first time. <laughs> uh, he just, I think he, he. I think I mentioned, I mentioned it to you, um, but seems to like goal now. So there's so many good qualities mm. he has. He's um, he's got a quick, good five or six first steps. He's he's well built. Uh, he looks like his skills are fairly uh, solid. Um, he does apply at least that first chase and tackle pressure. He probably needs a bit more of a tank to, to keep it up. And he seems mm-hmm. like our most likely small forward going into the future. But the one thing he yeah. really lacks, which is probably pretty crucial, which maybe other players like even always to an extent, definitely Durden, uh, pip him on, is just that that now surround goal, those those smarts, those you yeah. know, take half a chance. He doesn't seem to – there's a few times where he just really like – we had a good opportunity and you thought you, he would do more with it and he just really stuffed it up. And it happened quite a few times and I feel like he's just dropping yeah. off a little bit old Mott's as the season goes.
1: No, I agree. Also the lack of kind of goal assists. A great small forward has that goal sense to take that chance when it arises. But like what you talked about, that moment where he was streaming in and burned, I can't remember who, I think Sauce was one of them, but all these players running in that had would have had a better shot. I think as a small forward you want to set up goals, you know, like think of the Eddie Betts, the – Clever handballs or whatever it might be to set someone else up, and I think Motlop um, isn't isn't doing that. I don't feel like he'd be very high at all in his goal assists for the season.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think so. Yeah, he's just not quite putting. He's just so close in so many facets of his game, but I think he's just lacking in enough that uh that he's struggling. Look, maybe they'll just keep giving him game time to to improve it. But um, he
1: got yeah. named in our best on the Carlton website or somewhere, which I was just shocked by because I thought he was pretty poor as well. I mean, he was involved, but. Not
0: but maybe that's a reflection on how badly we all played. Yeah, maybe. Look, you know, I guess everyone, you know, has their opinions. He had had his standard 14 touches. Um, he only had the two behinds. 50 cent 57% disp- disposal <laughs> efficiency. Thank you. Got there eventually. Got
1: there, Didn't love it.
0: Uh yeah. but he seems to do that every week and I don't know, just twelve disposals every week that aren't effective and are not really he generally doesn't get more than one or two goals. I'm not showing sure me his kick for the season so far, but it's not that many. I just Yeah, I just feel like he's just tapering off and we need more impact from all our forwards and I think he's one that's guilty.
1: Yeah, 100%. Well, my whipping boy, I'm going to pick, I think, the most obvious one, the guy who, to quote Matt Duffy, Single-handedly lost us the game pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that is Lewis Young.
0: Yeah, good. Let's have a good whinge about him.
1: Let's go. Do you have a sound effect for Lewis? Do you ever feel like we're going soft on our effects lately?
0: I don't have too many bad ones because I was just all excited at the start.
1: That's the why game. we're soft on them because we thought they were all going to be good, but we have nothing set up for constantly atrocious games. Are you going looking, Matty?
0: Oh, no, I don't. Just like, you know, freaking... No. No, no, nothing to do.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, not much.
1: It'll do. We have to work way too hard for that. Um, but Lewis Young, uh, wow. Horrid game. Two-meter, Peter. Have you ever seen – when was
0: the last time you saw someone in our team look like they'd given up like he had? He, looked, Honestly, to me, looked like he was just like, ah, it's just all too hard for me tonight.
1: Literally. He looked like he was not even going through the motions. Yeah. Just like, oh, you're going to get it anyway. Where's the mark? Like – there was and a- the sauce turned around at one point and yeah. lost his shoes at him. Like, sorry, lost his marbles. He might have to do some editing. Uh, that's right. I think it was <laughs> it sort
0: of dropped out of it as you said it. So I think it's sort of censored it for me.
1: Good, good. Um, but lost his temper, very reasonably so, because he just let him have a run at multiple times, time and time again. Yeah, Timmy yeah. the Peter must have been laughing. This is like better than a training he, drill. He wasn't for you.
0: doing anything fancy. There was a few times where he got completely free and they watched the replay and always look to see like how they get so free usually it's because they got a good block and there was a bit of a miscommunication on the handover or something but Peter I was just running little like little loops around a player and Young was like oh I'm stuck on the other side of this player and, and like it wasn't even a proper block he was just running yeah. around traffic and Young just didn't chase him and just let him run out
1: yeah um, you're right Maddie. he literally gave up before he even tried like it's just it was really frustrating to watch i'm really disappointed
0: yeah i'm not sure if he's ex- don't know if he's expecting people to help him and switch onto him more but there was no need because he wasn't getting blocked it was just and he said yeah. he, you thought would have thought that would i can see why they left him on in, in a way you think that's a good matchup for him he's right's not super athletic he's just tall with good hands young similar just tall Good at spoiling. Why uh, didn't
1: they swap it though, Matt? That he was destroying us. Like...
0: Yeah, well, last time we played him, I think Weeders manned him up and he was in really good form. And he did a really good good job on him. Um yeah. So it why was, would we change that? I think that was one of the errors of Foss made. You talk about things that he, he didn't do. There was just a lack of movement. And I think that's been a bit of a theme all year, hasn't it? There hasn't been too many times in game where there's been a move made and you've gone, That was that was a good move.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that was just blind Freddie could see we are getting destroyed again, not by like Jeremy Cameron. Like, I'm not saying Peter Wright's a bad player, he's a good player, obviously, yeah. but he's been out. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, if you have a superstar like a, um, oh, uh, what's the Brisbane Lions small forward? Uh, oh,
1: Cameron as well.
0: Cameron, yeah, Cameron as well. No one, yeah, okay. Um, Charlie. yeah, Char- either of the Camerons, like you say, if you have like a superstar and he's just getting on the end of them. Everyone has their day, but, gee, Peter Wright wasn't having to do anything special, was he? He just had to run around a little. And I know the commentators um, harped on about it, but he literally has not played any football this year. That was his first game of football. It wasn't like he was in some sort of peak physical condition.
1: What a dream for Peter Wright. It's like the West Coast kind of game. Like, we you just need to play yourself into some form, play against, you know, a team or a defender in this case who just doesn't turn up like, ah. I'm beyond disappointed. I think he should be dropped. Yep. I spun the rumour meal a couple of weeks ago about there being a (laughs) rift between him and Weedering. I'm standing by it. There's been more traction on that rumour.
0: Oh, has there? Um, Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, especially after watching um, Sauce give him a bake. Like, obviously not clearly happy with his attitude.
1: Yeah. Uh, And Sam McClure came out and said there's fractions within the playing group. Brian Cook then came out and said he asked questions and there's not. We don't know anything. Let's cover our butts because... The lawyer in me says we have to. We know nothing here. <laughs> <laughs> but I will speculate that if I was weedering, I'd be pretty irritated as well by that performance. I am very irritated by that performance. If I could have a whipping boy of the year, like he's up there for that one game, it was it was atrocious. I'm very unhappy with it.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough.
1: Um, the other option, and I think let's talk about him before we move on to our boy quickly, I don't want him to be our whipping boy. He <laughs> should, like He's a fierce leader of our club, but... He is symptomatic of all our problems because you need your leaders to perform. What's going on for Patrick Cripps?
0: Well, I've been I've been saying for a while. I, I've been, Maddie, I've been you're on hot him. on him. I was hot on him a while ago, and he hasn't gone any better. If anything he's got worse. He got towed up by Caldwell. He's not even a big bloke. I think Caldwell This went... is
1: the point. Peter Ryan Caldwell looking like superstars. Yeah, Caldwell
0: even. had like twenty five touches and a goal against him, and um, as I've gone on about numerous occasions if Cripps isn't winning it at the coal face and tearing people open up at clearances, he's got he doesn't offer much else. And not only that, some of his disposals were embarrassing on the weekend. So he's he's they were shocking. It was shocking. Very amateur hour like. And yes, okay, I'm glad you know he shows his sign of frustration that he missed it and yep, good he knows he needs to do better and all the rest of it. But you can't do it over and over again. As you say, leader of the club, um mm-hmm. you, you know, and he's He's Him and Young were such liabilities on the weekend. Uh, yeah. You, you would have thought we almost would have been better off without them out there. You just put them on the bench. Is,
1: I can't believe we're saying that about our Brownlow medalist, fearless leader captain, but that's the problem. Are we lacking leadership at all levels here? Everyone's on the coach, but the captain's out there is battling through, you know, a really bad form. I've also even owned that in the press conference that Cripps, his body's fine, he's just having a form slump, like a bad form slump. If your team's down and out, you need your captain. You don't want him to have, to have to pull us across the line like he has in previous years, but you need him leading from the front. You don't need him being one of the biggest liabilities out there. It's just... Yeah.
0: The crazy thing is we, we won contested ball again. Even with Crips not having a good game, contested ball's not our issue. So yeah. why are we playing so many contested midfielders that are out of form when we're winning contested ball? Surely we need to balance that up a little better.
1: Completely, Maddie. Completely. Um, let's move on to our boy to try find some positives. Who's your boy?
0: Uh, I'm gonna go <laughs> for uh, probably an easy one. I'll give it to Chincotta. Uh, got yeah, his, he got, was on my list. Got his goal. Uh, I like his endeavour. He, he dared to take a few kicks. He looks pretty good when he runs and delivers. Even some mm-hmm. of the kicks he missed, they were dangerous kicks. He was trying to do something with them, and I don't think he even kicked him that badly. There was like one I'm um, thinking of him in particular. Where I think he kicked on his left. And a really good mark by an Essendon player just got fingertips to it just, and you're like, unlucky you didn't hit it, but you you didn't necessarily kick it that badly. It was just great defense yeah. from by Essendon, and if it just got over his fingertips, like you know you're gonna that's a that's a key kick, and he he's going for him. And look, he did uh, I think get caught sleeping against Merritt a couple times. Uh, definitely a mm-hmm. few things for him to to fine tune, but um, he he's looking all right.
1: Yeah, no, I really liked his game. He gave us basically the highlight of the game with that first goal in navy blue and the jumper tug. And I'm going to give him a special shout-out because I was interstate with um, my nieces and nephews, some of which are the boys are Essendon supporters, and the girls very diplomatically said, I said, come on, who's with me, guys? And they said, Aunty T, we'll go for whoever kicks the first goal.
0: Oh, so nice.
1: She caught it now the first goal. I was like, ladies, you're with me. And we had the, the girls <laughs> catch of Carlton spotters, but apologies to them because we then got let down badly by the rest of the game. But Sincotta definitely gave us the highlight of the night. Um, Good choice. I'm going – I've got two options. I'm going to give it to Akers. Oh, I okay. thought he was pretty good and he had that really nice moment where he went really hard and was tough in the contest in that second quarter.
0: Yeah. I, th- um, I think we know what we're going to get from Akers now. I think he's like a slightly younger, slightly improved version of Jack Nunes, isn't he? He's a – tough yes.
1: oh, that's
0: true. tough hard running running wingman uh can find plenty of the ball he still does the odd terrible up and under kick um, yeah. but he does have his moments where he delivers the ball pretty well uh yeah and that that was a that was a fierce collision he did not deviate from that ball did he
1: yeah, I loved it. And he cracked in. That's so funny. Do you think that's a compliment being a refined Jack Newtons? Not really. He...
0: But I think yeah. he's been in the system a long time. He's moved, moved teams a fair few times and I think we're all pretty happy about him early on. I think it's probably just because we have such a, a, a lack of of wingmen. We're just excited to see someone who could actually play the role properly. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> but I think
0: now having seen like his body of work, I, we've seen his highs, we've seen his lows. Um, and I think we know yeah. what we're going to get and... Um, I don't mind that. I think he's definitely an improvement on what we had. I don't think he's going to be um, a superstar. like Recruiter of the year or anything like that. Like he was looking like early on when he had a couple of stellar games. But um, yeah, like I said, you know exactly what you need to get from. He's tough and we need some, need some players like that.
1: Totally. My other option, and I'm just going to mention, him cause he's not going to probably come up otherwise. And now I'm on the train after mentioning him last week, Dow only had 20% game time and Ooh. had more tackles than like everyone bar one
0: person. So really, yeah. So Kennedy oh, had,
1: that's
0: even... Kennedy had five tackles and Dow and the next heist was three and there was a few of them, but Dow was one of them with three tackles.
1: Yeah. Okay. There you go. I didn't, I knew he had more yeah. than crips, for example, but seven touches and
0: seven touches in the quarter.
1: Yeah. So he came on and cracked in and went to work and actually applied some pressure and, um, yeah, I feel like he deserves a, a mention there for giving it a real crack. i like. Unlike some players, unfortunately, that's abysmal that he had more tackles than almost everyone else on the team in twenty uh, percent game time.
0: It's it's embarrassing. And the the amount of players that like you can sort of excuse the key position players, but and, and I'm sure mm. everyone's probably heard these rattled off. So I'm gonna I'll skip you know, key position players, even though they should be laying some. But people you yeah. you'd expect to lay tackles. Ed Curno, who was tagging, yeah. not a single tackle. How many? These, these are all zeros. Ed Curno. Jesse Motlop, Jack Martin, Chin Cotter, uh, Sam Walsh all had no tackles. And then Free kick
1: them, Matty. Free kick them. <laughs> wow, nothing. That's atrocious. 59 50. Oh, <meters>. 50. <laughs> oh. Hold on the ball. There we
0: go. Uh, and guys that had one, um, some of the big guys, Sard had one tackle, Doherty had one tackle. You know, it's just – and the numbers weren't great for anyone. but And then all our bigs pretty much didn't lay any tackles either. But there's just – there's some people in there You just like really, like, you know, you're
1: that's pretty That's Ed Kerno being a tagger. Sam Walsh, you know, in the mid for the whole game, that's insane.
0: Yeah, I know. Um,
1: Let's use this as a segue. I did want to talk about Sam Walsh's game. He's collected the disposals, but in terms of impact, I feel like I've been on this all year. You've been on Crips all year. I've been on Walsh all year. Yep. Col- collecting, but – not having any kind of discernible positive impact. I know that's harsh. There's probably bigger problems than Walsh out there, but I, I'm just like, come on, uh, you, you're getting a lot of it. But compare that to Chera who second most disposal had a great game and thank God that he's cracking in and 31 disposals to Chera, 35 for Walsh. But I don't know, are you with me on Walsh's game, Maddie? I feel like another game where he collected a lot but didn't oh, do a
0: lot. Oh, totally. And I can't remember who this used to get said about, but... It's one of those ones where you you look at it and you go the worst thirty five disposable game ever. Do you know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, it's like Tom Mitchell. Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah,
0: Tom Mitchell or a um, Dane Swan back in the day. I think it was He used to just rack him up, and people used to say doesn't hurt you, don't worry about it. And and people would say like worst forty game, you know, forty disposal game ever. He yeah. seems to be playing it far too safe. He's he 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 does try effect with his run, so. Sometimes he is trying to break lines with run, but that's other than that, far too many handballs. The kicks he takes aren't damaging enough. Um, yeah, it's it's he's not really causing the opposition too many headaches, is he?
1: No, certainly not, Maddie. Um, I guess on a more positive note, I touched on him, but Vachera continuing his stellar season.
0: Yeah, he's definitely been a, a shining light in recent weeks. Uh, all the things that we're saying while. Sh- is struggling with he seems to be doing well it seems to be using the ball well mm-hmm. he's at least laying some tackles um yeah he's he's been been uh lucky we have him really
1: yeah the pick of the midfielders easily at the moment and making a run for the coveted blue pod bnf i'd imagine <laughs> yep um kennedy i don't know maddie like another i feel like a lot of the players are just Having average seasons, okay, nothing terrible, nothing
0: great. <laughs> K- Kendi's never got back to that form he had early last season. Ever since he caught those no. couple injuries and was in and out of the team, not that he's been necessarily a bad player, but he's been more like what he was before Voss gave him that stint. And and yeah, to be honest, I'm surprised he continues to hold his spot week in week out. And they they even have him playing in the forward line in defence to try enable him to have a spot in the team and. Uh, but he
1: did kind of demand a spot when he played the sub. That's, that's the best he kind of played in a while when he came yeah,
0: off the bench. and he did. Kind of. Uh, and look, credit to him, but also it is easy to come on, especially someone who maybe lacks fitness throughout a game. If he's able to come on late in a game where he doesn't have to worry about his fitness, it gives him a lot more of a level playing field. I think he's someone who probably uh, that suits uh, coming on as a sub. It suits his, his ability and, and his limitations in a way.
1: That's true. What about TDK? We had Pitto with a um, late withdrawal from the match. So he yep. went alone in the ruck. What did you think of his game, Maddie?
0: I'm a bit torn because I think he did some mm. things really well. At times he laid some nice tackles. He uh, used the ball, got a few few uh, kicks and handballs that I thought were were nice. Um, yep. And I thought he competed okay in the ruck. But, gee, he, he was really struggling in the marking contest. And I thought that really hurt us at times. There was... Few times early on where he flew against Harry, and then later on where he would go up and as the ruckman you'd want him to to grab him and you'd get two hands to them and it would go straight through his hands. And if he'd if he'd taken a few of those marks, I think we would have been a very different tune. I think we would have been really impressed with how well he played, but uh, constantly yeah. dropping those and at times they they really hurt. One, do you think he should should have taken? Uh, just meant I thought well, he had he also- an okay game.
1: Yeah, and he got those calls for the hands in the back, including in the last quarter when he had that mark overturned basically on the line. Yeah, okay. So, so
0: slight detour yeah. in the conversation quickly, just since you brought up the hands in the back. Essendon got yeah. 30, I think it was 32 free kicks. The norm, 32. The normal amount you get in the game of AFL football is like 15 to 20. Um, I had a glance through all of our games and our first two games, we got 25 free kicks against Richmond and Geelong and people were, I think I remember at the time people were saying what a, what a great run we were getting from the umps. And ever since then it's been pretty even somewhere between 15 and 20 for both teams and Essendon got 32 free kicks.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's dwell on it for a second. We rarely bring up the umpires on the blue pod, but there's another umpiring moment I have to bring up. Little moments can matter in games early in the game. When um, they got a free kick, took the advantage and missed. Yeah. And the umpire waited to basically to see if the goal went through Completely. or not before going and oh, not have it again.
0: Yeah. Definitely waited to see if he'd kick the goal. And when he missed, he brought it back, which is not... Not how it works. Unbelievable. Yeah. As, if they
1: decide to take it on and take the risk, they deal with the consequences. Totally. It's not, oh, wait, I, it, that really pissed yeah. me off. That it was, was shocking.
0: Well after the whistle, everyone knew what had happened and they used to let guys get away with that, but normally it was in the moment. So, like, literally as the whistle went, someone would snap the ball, but he picked the ball up, took multiple steps and then snapped it at goal. The umpire should have called play on as it was leaving his boot before he knew yeah. whether it was going through or not. Yeah, that was a... There were some strange adjudications in that game, and that was a really bad one.
1: Yeah, and even the TDK hands in the back—yes, the letter of the law—they were there. But even the commentators there was two were two of them. where they were like, so minor, so soft, and they're they very rarely picked up these days. If it's a little nudge using your body, like it's rarely called. And we that mark on the line at the end for TDK. Those little decisions can have an impact. If he. would mark that and put it through you know we're starting to get more of a sniff I'm not saying we have won the game clearly we have a million other issues but it does bloody make it harder. we've well, got
0: we only kicked calls six, like that. six goals for the game and that was pretty much a, a guaranteed goal so yeah so that's a relatively large percentage increase based on one decision of on the umpire every other week that probably would have gone the other way there were a few baffling ones i don't think that definitely didn't cost us the game by any stretch of the imagination it wasn't that wasn't close enough and Essendon really blew us away in the third, but it certainly didn't help us uh, at all, did it?
1: No, it didn't. Um, Let's talk about the the Fords. Is the Fords epitomised by that abysmal Kerno Owies moment?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there is definitely. And I've seen that replayed a fair bit and the guys on the Fox argued about it after the game, what should have happened and, it was sort of funny. Break it down
1: for the listeners, Matty, if anyone's forgotten.
0: Uh, I can't remember exactly. We had a fairly nice bit of ball movement down the wing and uh, we did this a couple times and Jack took a really nice moment. Rather than going down to the pocket, he, he brought his eyes back inside and actually had mm. three options. He had Harry Deep who was wide open, but it would have been a, a big kick to get it to him. And then on short, uh, just sort of on the, the half forward arc, um, mm-hmm. you had Oes and pretty much Kerno wide open by themselves. And to be honest, I think Soss sort of split the the difference and sort of just kicked it to both of them. Like he didn't sort of kick it to Decide one or the one. other. Yeah. But it pretty much went over Owey's head and Kerno was standing right next to him and just watched it sail over his head as well. And it just ran behind him, dribbled out, and so they ran bad. it out. So Owey's sort of almost like stopped and didn't go for it on the I think on the assumption that Maybe you'd hope that Kerno, you think he, yeah. you know, hopefully it wasn't a flinch of a, you think your defender was coming, but you think it looked like he gave way to Kerno. Kerno went, no, no, you're in the better position. I'll let you take it. And uh, uh, away it went. It was pretty, pretty impressive. To embarrassing. be honest, what I want
1: to see in that situation is you need a little bit of swagger and arrogance with your full forward. I want Charlie to be like, out of my way, buddy. I'm
0: clocking yeah. it. call it early. That's mine. I'm kicking all yeah. the goals. Yeah, I think, I think totally. And also from just inside 50, that's yeah. way more. Charlie's range than Mediowie's, as we exactly. saw late in the game. Uh, yeah. If you're
1: talking about this, they're almost trying to be too team oriented. Sometimes. Oh polite. Yep. Oh, you do it, you do it. No, Charlie, that's that's yours. Clunk it, go back and kick it. That's what we want to see.
0: Yeah, yeah. Our uh, forwards just yeah. <clears throat> Sometimes I don't know, maybe just because we're so used to them, you go through them and go, Oh, he's doing all right, he's doing all right. But then you look at the actual collective result and you're like, No, it was it was really poor. I thought Martin was yeah. uh pretty good early on before he got subbed.
1: Yeah, I was going to bring him up. I thought he was good too. Um, he brought a bit of excitement, a bit of a different look to the team, something a bit less predictable, got involved. I don't know if it's just when players who haven't played for a while come back into the team and pique my interest. But, again, haven't seen him for a while and he came back in and I thought, yeah, I've th- missed what he's brought.
0: I thought he got to dangerous spots. He marked the ball. He missed his chances, which was unfortunate. I don't know if he actually got mm. a goal in the end, but he, had, oh, he got one goal too. He had, he had a couple really good yeah. looks. He only had eight touches, but... Uh, he looked a lot more dangerous than some of the other guys up forward. Um, he did. And he is that sort of classic hybrid forward who he, he can take a mark. He can also um, get the ground ball, uh, but he's just, his body's been no good. And then sometimes when he has gone on the ground, he's he struggled to find it and not have an impact. He's not kicking goals. He's, he's not doing much else for you, Martin. He's not a, really a much of a pressure forward um, He's
1: not a ball magnet. That's not a ball sure. magnet.
0: But, uh, you know, we need someone who's a goal kicker in that team and, and he can be a goal kicker. Um,
1: exactly. He's a bit more reliable. Um, but, yeah, no, I thought he was really good. Um, probably for minimal touches he actually had an impact on, like, you know, the other players we've about getting a lot but not doing much. You actually noticed him having an impact. What did you make of the other Jacks game, Soss? We've spoken about that moment where he kind of split the difference. He yeah. was going to be dropped, I believe, um, but then with Pito. Uh, being
0: laid out, I think he came back in. Is that right? Yeah, he was a late in. I had heard that he wasn't going to play during the week because of that hip injury. So he probably was yep. playing sore, I imagine. Um, I thought he yep. competed really well on the ruck. He was way outsized, but uh, he didn't give away freeze and he managed to get some taps. Um, and then Good. I thought it was more your classic game of last year from from SOS um, and then handy around the ground. Uh, I thought he was not. Like everyone, he likes probably, playing Essendon, Sauce. He does probably slightly down on form, like a lot of our players. But I thought it was an, an okay game game from him.
1: A more classic uh cracking in, you know, doing it for the jumper kind of game from Sauce. You know, he's giving all of his effort and he really wants to beat yep. the bombers. Which Fourteen touches,
0: three three tackles. Only had only credited with the three hitouts, but I think when he was in there, he never really gave them um, good, clean looks at it either. He was able to compete sort of in the in the in the ruck. Um, but yeah, I thought he was all right. I don't think yeah he hasn't really had any amazing games this year. He hasn't managed to get hit the scoreboard hard or have much of an impact in the midfield. But as a backup ruck, undersized backup ruck, uh, yeah, he wasn't wasn't too bad.
1: Wasn't too bad uh, to go up the ground across the wings. We've talked about Acres cultural.
0: Yeah, he's pretty I thought he was sort of quiet. Um mm. yeah. He had a great
1: game a couple of weeks ago and he
0: didn't yeah. quite hit those hearts. Came out with a bang, he only had the five touches. He did also manage to lay three tackles, but only six kicks. Um yeah. yeah, it was a pretty, pretty quiet game from him.
1: Yeah, nothing special. Let's go to the back line. We've talked about Young, we won't go there any further there. Your boy Kempi in other solid innings?
0: Yeah, I thought he was he was alright. He had 17 touches, 12 kicks. Um he didn't go for – didn't get his chance to fly at many. I think it's sort of a result of everyone flying for marks. And he had one moment where he got soundly – he lost his man soundly and got done. But everyone's going to have one of those a game. And um, I think he's looking pretty comfortable. I think he's all right.
1: Yeah, I think he should hold. I thought Weetering had a great game, Maddie. What did yeah, you think? And he's, he's found a patch of form.
0: He has. I don't know if he's been given license to just go out there and just you know do what you do best, like read the ball, intercept. But – um, his stats Something's don't strange. sort of blow you away when you look at him, like 15 touches and um, only the oh, – I, I, I thought I was reading of marks and uh, tackles around the wrong way. Six marks. But um, he looked a lot more threatening. He looked a lot more um, positive. In command. Yeah, he's positioning. He was taking the front front position. Um, yep. he wasn't quite the Great Wall of weedering that we've seen in in previous Great
1: Wall of I love that <laughs> previous
0: years. But he looked like he was building, like you know, what I mean, he was the he was the small yeah. wall of weedering uh, sm-
1: <laughs> I like it, buddy. <laughs> the wee trying wall to bring of something to these
0: studs. tests We need something.
1: Um, Gotta bring some life to it.
0: <laughs> but I feel like he is definitely if he can sort of maintain. Um, that mindset and that positioning, I think he looks way more damaging. Rather than just being the lockdown, I thought it was, it was good to see him um, try to be more assertive.
1: Exactly. And you say that about his numbers, but I think, Tom, I don't have them in front of me and you probably don't either, but Merritt, for example, if you looked at how many disposals he collected, I don't think it's mind-blowing, but he was one of the best players on the ground. So I'd much rather players with lower disposal counts, higher impact,
0: yeah. Merritt um, using um, it well. Had 18 touches, but he had 13 kicks, six tackles, uh, five marks and his kicks yeah. were, were key and I, I think he had a very high amount of score involvement, so I'd have to dig a bit for that so I can't be bothered. But, yeah, it, it was the – merit is was a really good example of what midfield's um, not doing, isn't it? Just, just impact. like Like class, exactly. classy use of the ball, um, hurting opposition, goes forward with the ball, not backwards. Yeah.
1: You'd take his 18 over Walsh's 35 any day, wouldn't you?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Walsh – I don't know what his actual score involvements were. Okay, look, look. we keep talking about it. I'll bring it up.
1: Let's find it out.
0: Score involvements. So Chera had 10 for us. Um, Amazing. Which was the highest out of anyone. Cripps had five and I'm, Walsh had three score involvements. Um, okay. So that's, you know, for someone who had 35 touches, you would have thought maybe a few more. Uh, yeah. In contrast for Merritt's 18 touches, he had seven score involvements. Yeah, so, you know. Um, Directly accredited with two goal assists. Um, Whereas the only person who had two goal assists on our team was Chera. And it tells you everything we've been saying um, about impact uh, in stats, you know. Like we'd say Chera had a great game, Merit had a great game. And that's just to the eye. but It's backed up with what the, the stats are saying.
1: The ones that actually disposals can be so misleading. You can collect them and do nothing with them. Those kind of stats really tell you the story.
0: Yeah. Well, let's
1: talk about Ed Kerno. Sorry, Maddie, go on. I was just going to say
0: um, Walsh had four inside fifties, but not a single goal assist. That shows you the sort of delivery. Yeah. So so was Acres. So was Doc. So was Kennedy Mm. Camp. There was a lot of guys with a lot of inside fifties, but no no goal assists. Yeah.
1: And that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we haven't talked about Ed Kerno, who had the job on merit, but. Oh, up until half time really where the, the coaching switched it around, uh, he did a good job on him until he lost him in the third. I guess it goes to show just how well he was doing because the minute he got let off the leash, he, he went wild.
0: He did. And um, interesting that the coaching staff weren't willing to let Ed roll into the back line and then once Ed wasn't mm. tagging, he didn't really have a, a, a good role on the team because uh, no. every other spot was filled um, so sort of, I guess they were always going to sub maybe sub Martin out because of his uh, coming back match off fitness. his yeah, match fitness and injury run. Um, but really I think the, the proactive move would have been um, as soon as they got a little bit of a run on and a clear merit was in the middle, you know, Ed out, Dow in um, would, yeah. it would have been the, the astute, quick tactical move I reckon.
1: Yeah, I think so too but not to be. Um, just to finish going through the plays generally in the back line, Sadi, I thought, had a good night against his old team. He did actually, um, yeah,
0: Yep, I thought Sadi looked good, and he managed to find a little bit more of it this week. Twenty-two touches. Um, nice
1: to see it, him getting some use out of them. The team getting some use out of him, rather.
0: Yeah, he still didn't have a huge amount of meters gained, but he definitely looked like he was more involved. Um, yeah, it was. It was good to see him get get his hands on the ball a bit more.
1: And Doc, a bit more for that traditional. Um, half
0: back roll on the weekend. Yeah, he did, and he had uh, he was our highest meters gained out of anyone. Eighty four percent time on ground. Um, you know, he got twenty seven touches, twelve of those were kicks. He's to me, he's way better suited to that. Yeah, you know, I saw him lining up on the wing a few times, half back wing. just I don't think he yeah. quite has that burst of speed. Um, he's just not quite aggressive enough for me when he sits in the midfield. Whereas yeah. when he's behind play and he can set it up and. Um, his, his smartness and he's a bit like that one play where he did a chip, got it back, ran it through the square, Yes, went long. Yes, that's, yes. that's the sort of play you want him seeing him doing and that's I think when he's at his best.
1: The goal was I've credited him with that goal. It was it was all Doc uh, right from the back line. He sets up the whole thing. You're right. That's where he's his most potent and I liked the experiment of putting him in the midfield because he's one of our really quality players and leaders. Can you get more out of him there? But I think we've seen that, like you said last week, it's a good string to his bow. But we need we need him in the sweet spot. We need him playing from the back line setting us up. So Yeah, really him, good to see him getting some damage there.
0: Get him on the back line, get him damaging, get him get him hot, get him in some form. And look, you know, if things are starting to turn, maybe that's, you know, that's something we can sort of come out after half time and, and throw something different. And maybe Doc can have a short stint in the, in the middle. But I think you don't want him starting there.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um Boyd is just the last one I want to mention, Maddie. Um I think he's one of our better users, and he didn't, you know, blow the roof off. But I think he's classy and um, can hold his head high.
0: Least laid a couple of tackles. He had eleven kicks. Um, so he, he uses. The, he looks to use the ball. I'm just waiting for him to have that breakout game because I feel like he's so close. Like you say, he can be a good user. He runs well. Um, I'm just waiting for him to have a game where he just slices the opposition open a little bit. I, I feel like he's close. I, yeah, he's not quite. Um, like the man, but yeah, i uh, I'm pretty, pretty happy with what he's showing.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I just want to mention, cause we've kind of again this week said that a lot of the players aren't too bad yet. Well, we've slammed a few this week, but we're just not getting, not, not enough players are really good. And we mentioned this last week and we had a comment on our Instagram, which I'm going to give a shout out to. And we're at the dot blue on Instagram, the blue pod on Twitter. And when, We do a call out for mailbag, which we'll get from the fourth quarter. But also, if you give us comments relevant to the chat, we'll mention them like we do here. Guinness Speedy said, Great show as always, thank you. Um, But I disagree about not many players, uh, about so many players being not bad. I think we've only got three players having really good seasons Charlie, Chera, and Newman. And obviously, Newman's injured. Really hard to coach with that. To be competitive with the best, we need seven to 10 having really good seasons, another 10 being at least solid, having the odd great game. Too many players have been below for me. Young, Gov, which we haven't talked about Governor's Hundred, so we'll come to him. O'Brien, Weeders, Ed Hewitt. There's a few more who are really letting us down. And it's clear that we have a weaker list. I'll still get behind the team every week, etc. So I guess what he's saying, I think would agree, is we need more players to be having a really good year like we did last year with Cripps having a great year. Yeah. We've only got a handful having that great year, and everyone else we've talked about is doing okay, but but nothing special. Are you agreeing well, with that, Maddie?
0: Yeah, I yeah. So and okay is a subjective word, but if I was to grade a player's performance, I would have like very bad, bad, okay, good, very good, excellent. So when we say someone's mm. okay, that doesn't mean it's necessarily a pass. It's more like very average. Like
1: yeah, yeah, I agree. I think do you I know what I mean? It's like you know,
0: oh, like you know, he got four. He's like, okay. So Boyd, he got 14 touches and 11 kicks, and he didn't do much wrong. He didn't do a heap right. To me, he was okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like I'm saying, Oh boy. Pass, had to... pass yeah. You didn't have a good game. And I think that what the comment's true. We don't have enough players playing good, very good or excellent. You know, we have very few yeah. of those. So you would say maybe Chera played a very good game for us. Doc played a good game for us. But mo- the problem is too many, if you're using this like sort of scale, too many are in that okay to bad. And that's, yeah. And maybe okay is too generous. Maybe we should be using the word average.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And we can't, an okay team is not going to challenge finals or do anything amazing. So when we go through a list and we say he was okay, we need to be saying he was great, he had a good game, he was, you know, playing really well. We need more of that energy. And We can't, we're not saying that week to week because we don't have enough players doing it, but... Yep. If we're saying that, we're probably winning more
0: games. So to give it an indication of how I feel about and this is probably jumping forward a bit to coach's box, but to give an impression of how I felt about some of the players in the team when I did my little quick notes post-game uh, yep. after having a few strong cordials during the game. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. Matt, I told you about those sugar
0: highs. <laughs> I wrote down, out, young Kennedy, Motlop, Cotters, and Ed Kerno in – Dow, Cunningham, Bins, Fisher, Plowman. So after the game, I'm you know there's there's like I'm reckon you could drop five players pretty easily from that team. Um, I like it. Yeah, and. So, um
1: bringing plowman in that's a you know we're really going to desperate well
0: maybe him. not i was sort of going through and i'm like if I'm going to get i'd ready, rather him over
1: young too that was it i'm like
0: honest. you could probably shuffle and get away with not bringing in a defender uh, you could like move someone permanently like a doc more into a permanent halfback flank but i thought if you're going to bring a defender in um you know you could do that so i was just sort of going a like for like but without sort of going through and trying to reshuffle the whole team but like for like that's that's sort of what I was going for. I thought
1: if we had more options, you could drop a hell of a lot of players in the yeah. team. There's no one that's not many that are demanding to keep that spot at the moment.
0: <laughs> Young, terrible game. Kennedy, average game, and we're gonna we're not gonna drop Crips. And I feel like we just need to get rid of some of these slow midfielders. Um, part of the reason we're probably not yeah. laying tackles is just we can't catch anyone. motlot we talked on. I feel like he's just struggling up forward. We need a bit more uh, potency mm-hmm. in front of goal. Cotters, I think. He gives his best, but he's a backup. Um, I'd rather see someone like Bin's given a crack who's been playing well and he's young and looks a bit more skillful. And I really yeah. think we should be moving past Ed Curno. And then Fish should mm-hmm. be in the team, but he's just not. But look, why not? He at least can show something up forward. Bins, I think, gets a go. Cunningham, I think, should just come in because he's a classy user. He'll probably break down, but let's just try to get some games let's out try. of him. Yeah. Dow deserves a crack. Let's give him a go instead of Kennedy and yeah, play for Young. So anyway, look, so it's not that we're saying everyone's okay. I still, you yeah, know, there's a lot of players who I don't think are, are cutting the mustard. Um, and yeah. It's just, you know, it's When it's,
1: we say a lot of players aren't terrible, it's it's not a it's not a compliment. It's that they're not they're not good. They're not bad. They're just like we are. Yeah. Average as. Anyway, let's talk about <laughs> the players that were good. Let's do the BNF votes before we dive into the coach's box. Okay, the Blue Pod BNF. We get 10 votes each. We have to cast all 10. We can't give one player more than five. I'll just take 30 seconds less and I'll tell you who's heading up our leaderboard right now before we go to the vote um right so we had Kerno charlie on top on 34 votes Chera on 29 doherty on 27 crips on 21 then walsh on 20 interesting looking leaderboard maddie who uh got your votes this week
0: uh once again Chera stand out for me with with three votes yep. i probably could have even he was i think he was so much better than our next player he almost could have been eligible for I could have bumped into a four perhaps I didn't even think of that that would have been mm. nice could have made things easier for me as I went on but anyway uh <laughs> Cherry got the three then I gave yep. two votes to Doc and two to Waiters um yep. I gave one to Charlie one to Saad and I squeezed Sauce in for a vote as well to, to round out the 10 votes
1: okay very similar except I did give Cherry the four
0: hey I like <laughs> hey. it yeah we haven't yeah, had four for I a thought. bit
1: <laughs> Yeah, I thought, I thought about it and I was going to go three and I was like, no, nah, it's a four game. He was so much better, as you said, than the next best out there. So four for Cherries, two for Weedering, two for Saad for me and then one to Doc and one to Jack Martin.
0: Oh, got Jack in there.
1: Yeah, I thought I'd give him a squeeze. He was one of the players that stood yep. out to me. I think uh, the haters might come for me on that but too bad. he's uh, there.
0: Sucker for, <laughs> for <laughs> an inclusion. <Yeah.
1: laughs> Why not? Uh, Coach is box, maddie, third quarter. Let's do it.
0: We're not here to just be part of the group. We're here to be the best, and that's what, as competitors, we'll try and strive for. I've done it out of order. Bear with me. <laughs> there we go. All
1: right, we're having an atrocious start to the third quarter, <laughs> just like Carlton did. Bad We, haven't come, that's we haven't come out after halftime ready. <laughs> our concentration has lapsed. <laughs> um, Maddie, the selection we had. Fisher and O'Brien out. Pito didn't get up um, and Martin and Ed Kerno came in. We weren't too happy with the selection in our chats. We wanted Wheelie Bins in. Um, yep. and we thought you actually predicted last week on the pod, but you've forgotten. You're like, it should be Bins in, but it'll be Ed Kerno. So you were right. There you go. Um, and he did do a job on merit. To be fair, there was a plan. Yeah.
0: No. Yeah. Credit yeah. to Ed. First half did all right. But. At some point, don't we have to just back our back our better players in rather than this? We're always so worried about what the opposition are doing, aren't we? It's all year. Yeah. It, and it started off early with it's that Rich- Richmond game. Uh, we were so concerned about their counter attack and uh, look, it's good to see they're trying to plan for the opposition. But um, yeah, I'm surprised. I surprised. Ed's getting as many games as he had. I thought he maybe snuck a few, but he's, he's coming a regular, which is concerning. I think.
1: Yeah, it says a lot about where our season is. Do you want to give us some of the key? Team stats before we have the weekly discussion. Yeah. Of so I don't think I was
0: going to be surprised. We won the disposal count. We had a lot of handballs this week. We're almost one for one ratio. um, 201 kicks, 187 handballs, and I think that was mm-hmm. part of our problem. We put a, we we over yeah. handballed at times. We won the inside fifties handsomely, 56 to 41. Um, Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. The free kick count was interesting this week. So we had 18. They had 32. Um,
1: Interesting is a polite way to put it. If it was a closer game, I'd be more... Yeah, it's funny because I didn't
0: notice it so much. Maybe just because... Oh, I did. (laughs) Um, Even
1: the Essendon supporter I was watching with was like, God, can they put the... Whistle away! They're calling a free kick
0: every thirty seconds. Hitouts were equal. Clearances were pretty close, but they smashed us in the centre. Clearances thirteen to seven. So that was a big win for them. And uh, in we, the
1: third quarter, there was a bunch of them.
0: Yep, uh, we won the contested possession. Uh, we also won the uncontested possession. We had less turnovers apparently, uh, but the uh, much talked about stats of tackles is sixty-four to thirty-three. Tackles in the forward 50 were Shocking, 19 to 7, yeah, which was pretty embarrassing. They got a lot of marks. We let them have a big uncontested mark game, so that was another bit of a discrepancy. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's probably all the stats there. So Taylor tape was, once again, we won possession, but we used a lot of handballs and we won contested possession once again but laid no tackles on the opposition. And, and got c- it in
1: 50 a bunch more times but couldn't finish. Yeah different method same story as you talked about at the start let's talk we've kind of danced around and alluded to it but about the coaching decisions that should have would have could have been made um were we out coached Matty what do you think
0: uh yeah I think I think you know it's 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 hard to tell for people like us you know we don't probably miss a lot of the nuance in the game and um what
1: are you talking about we're
0: experts <laughs> and you don't know what I'm they're sure experts over here. <laughs> you don't know what they're asking players to do and and we don't know the, the the workings of the the final workings of the game plan so sometimes it's hard to to know exactly but there were definitely some key moves by Scott uh which we talked about and mm-hmm. um Voss did seem to pretty much just not react and so on, on that front I think yeah v- Scott definitely had his number on the night
1: and Young just getting towed up and nothing changing. Yeah, never made a move
0: with Young. Um, Yeah, there was a number of things that you're like, that he probably dropped the ball on.
1: Yeah. And now, interestingly, because you and I have talked about this, I know we played more attacking brand, but Craig McRae's Collingwood coach obviously has come out today after their loss to Melbourne and he's complained and said that he thought Collingwood weren't brave enough in the last quarter, I'd rather lose by 10 goals than die wondering. I just love that attitude, and that's what we've been missing. I know we tried to be more attacking this week, but we've said in other weeks, and we still say we're so worried about the opposition, we just don't worry about ourselves, and we need to obviously tackle and try more. But that's the the way Collingwood are playing. It's no surprise with someone at the helm that's saying just lose by ten goals instead of you know Mm. um, what Voss said a few weeks ago. If they're not scoring, we shouldn't. If we're not scoring, they shouldn't be either. Just that difference in mindset from the top. I thought that was an interesting quote. What do you think, Maddie?
0: That is an interesting quote. I mean, they did. They were lucky. Melbourne kicked um, eight goals, eighteen to nine goals. Yeah, eight. Melbourne so should
1: have smashed them. Could yeah.
0: have smashed them, and they were pretty much out of it. And then they almost pinched it anyway. But I'm, I yeah, I'm totally like you said. I'm all for that. It's, uh, I think that's been one of their great strengths is their ability just to to keep trying. And and uh, it's totally different philosophy, and it's a bit old school of. If you kick ten goals, we'll kick eleven. You know, if you kick fifteen, we'll kick sixteen. It, but whereas, yeah, you know, it, Voss's philosophy is, um, if we can only kick eight goals, we'll only let you kick seven. It's it it's the yeah it's, it's the opposite. totally polar opposites. And it's a it's a tricky one because you know to the victors go to the spoils. We'll see who wins the premiership this year. Uh, but generally speaking, it's the teams with the defence defensive setups, the the sound defence that that are usually more successful. It seems to be harder to, to play that uh, offensive game and get get win after win, which you need in the finals. But I don't know as a supporter, you know, if I'm picking picking a style to watch and especially if we're not winning anyway, you definitely go on the, yeah. the, the back yourselves mentality, aren't you?
1: Completely. Now, we've had the Voss debate on this podcast. If you want to know our position, we can talk about it, but we'll listen to last week mainly. Um, but yeah. the the... The debate rages on, Maddie, um, and you've got Brian Cook coming out saying Voss will be here until at least the end of next year. Luke Sayer saying the boys love him. He's a phenomenal human. Every, everyone, Peter Ryan apparently has spoken to people inside and outside the club and they say that changing or moving on the coach isn't even an option worth considering. David King came out during the week and said you're only like 30 games into Voss's tenure. Stability wins in this circumstance every time. So a lot of backing in a Voss. But Jonathan Horn came out with an interesting article today I'm just going to read. He's kind of cited what I've just referenced, all the backing into Voss. But he has then said, here's the reality. Last night, Voss's Carlton had 11 players who were top 20 selections in their draft. That included two number one picks, a number three, a pair of Coleman medalists, and a Brownlow medalist. They kicked six goals. They lost six goals. They lost their eighth game in nine weeks. Their key forwards can't kick straight. Their midfielders can't hit the broad side of a barn. They let Essendon, hardly an offensive juggernaut, slam on six goals in fifteen minutes. They laid thirty-seven tackles, their lowest tally in eight years. They can't move the ball. They can't score. They're no good. So, a pretty scathing review of us. It is. The boss it? There. It's
0: hard to argue against. Isn't it? this is the problem we've got? So. But then you look at some of the stats and we almost win the inside 50 count every week. We win the contested possession every week. And I think this is what I'm mm. saying. This is why I think the game plan that they've rolled out this year is flawed. We, I think we're doing so much of what's being asked where he, I think he comes out and he says, you know, we want to we want to win the ball. We want to get it forward. Uh, we want to give our boys up forward as many chances as we can. And we're doing that. It's just they're not converting up forward and where we win it up forward isn't working. And then you say, is it the player's fault or is it this game plan that's no good? And it's, it's really hard to tell, but the fact that we're going mm-hmm. backwards and we look worse pretty much each week, I think it, either way, I think no matter whether you blame the method uh, or the player's inability to execute, I think that still falls in some way on the coach. I know Voss yeah. can't go out there and kick it for him, but he can give them the confidence or set up things to, to make things better. More achievable for the players, and he's just—I don't think he's doing that. But having said all that, um, there comes a point where you can't just keep flipping the coach every two years. It causes almost oh, more buddy. more harm than good, having to you know learn new game styles and um, and I, and we've got some players who have had what four or five senior coaches in their short careers, which or three yeah. or four. It's just a crazy exactly. amount. It's very hard to get a player to to buy into something when things are just they're. Their normal routine is: oh, this guy's only around for two years, then we get another guy. You know, at some point you need to have stability. You need, yeah, you need, and you need someone's. You need to see out someone's methodolo- methodology. So look, maybe this list isn't quite suited to Voss. Maybe it might take two or three years to chop a few players here, bring in a few players there, and and bring it a, and and you know tailor it more to game, yeah, game and. That can sort of reap more rewards than just constantly flipping and changing between coaches. Sometimes, but yeah. he it was the plum job when he got it. Everyone was saying it was it was the easy job. Um,
1: we had Brad Scott available to us, who just out coached us arguably on we the weekend. Brad
0: Scott available to us. Ross Lyon. Yeah, the yeah Craig. I don't know what Craig McCrae was doing at the time. Don't know if he put his hat in the ring for it or not. But
1: no, he'd been snatched up, hadn't
0: he? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah, he was already at Collingwood, was he? Um, you definitely give him the year out and it's. I still think even though they're backing him in, uh, if, we, you know, if we don't win a game for the rest of the season, there's no way you could have him come back next year.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think our position, if you didn't listen to last week's pod, was there's no point ditching him because we either make finals by some miraculous run of victories, which is already our predictions have gone down the toilet because we predicted a win against Essendon. Um, but alternatively, Given the rest of the year, and if we don't, if we keep losing, well, he's had a real chance, and that's two seasons. Look, ideally, I, I we want him to succeed, and I agree that we can't keep flipping coaches every two years. But
0: the other thing, um, the other thing you'd have to look at is actually who's available. So that would also play a key part. If there's no point getting rid of Voss if there's no one who you think you can bring into to do a better job.
1: Is Hardwick available? That's the question.
0: Well, that is a question. Yeah, do we want Hardwick? Is that going to just be a Mickey Malthouse all over again?
1: Exactly. Look, I'm a proponent for stability but at some point it's going to reach a breaking point point. Um, and are we at the point where Jonathan's article ends with for the – um, is this – sorry, I don't know where to start this quote. I'll just – the he claims that the team is patently ordinary, the coach has no tricks and no discernible game plan and the club for the umpteenth time this century is going to have to start again. <laughs> it's a depressing take on it.
0: Yeah, I just – The thing about our list at the moment, and I'm still bullish on the list, I think we still have enough of a a core and enough good players that if if things could flip around quick um, and whether that's with Voss or not, I'm not sure. I think that's the big question. But I think, you know, things could fall into place for us fast if if we got some things right.
1: Yeah. I always feel like we need the buy round. I don't know if there's a psychology. This has been a rough patch. Do we need just everyone to go away, take a breath, have the buy, I'll and tell you try to do something with the second half. A
0: good win against the Gold Coast and then a week off to save it would probably do everyone a, a, a world of good.
1: It would do me a world of good. It's getting tough. All right, let's do quarter format and open the mailbag. Oh, actually.
0: Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was too
1: late. I was too late. <laughs> no, I was going to say selection for next week. I think we touched on that anyway when we yeah. talked players, didn't we? Oh, just um, main one
0: is I think we'd like to see Cunningham in and Bins. Cunningham and Bins for me would be the two wins I'd like to see.
1: I agree. Uh, the mailbag, we put a call out on our Instagram, bluepod, and on Twitter, thebluepod. Admittedly, I put the call out really late, so apologies. We have a somewhat um, small uh, mailbag section this week. But something new, Maddie, that slid into the inbox, which I've sent your way, is a message I received from one of our listeners who I cannot pronounce the name, Gardabar or something, <laughs> um, who has gone through and done an incredibly thorough deep dive into Carlton's drafting and trading over the last 10 years and put strikes through the unsuccessful um, recruits and said the coach isn't to blame. There's too many strikes in our recruiting. And I think that's a fair argument. Let me just read you some names from 2015. Uh, in 2015, we got in Plowman. Okay, sure. He's given him a tick. Lamb, Phillips, Sumner and carriage all strikes.
0: They were all trades. Roll. Yep. Trades.
1: 2016 March Bank tick, but then Pickett, Schmetz, Palmer.
0: Yep. Well, Palmer was a salary dump, but yep.
1: 2017, Kennedy's a yes. Lang, Lobb, they'll keep rolling. 2018, McGovern and Newman come in. Cedarfield for solo, always in cultural, not so bad. Gibson, DeLuca, gone. Yeah. 2019, sorry, I'm just churning, but do you want to have any say on that? No, keep going. 2019, Pidnet, Nunes, Martin, Moore. 2020, we have a better year. Fogarty, Sard Williams, well, yet to be seen. McDonald. Murkov and Boyd, and then if you go back further than that, you've got 2016 where we've got SPS, McCready, um, A. Silvani, Jesse Glass-McCasker, um, Bokehurst, you know, Vojo Rainbow. <laughs> <The> villain, <laughs> yeah, I remember Vojo that. Yeah. So anyway, I, I right. it's quite a thorough dive, but so, what's your take on that, Maddie, that it's the list, not the coach?
0: Tackling another a bit more of a – so – in terms of trade in, so I'll start in 2015. So this is yeah, seven, seven years ago. And so if, if these were good trade in players, they're probably a bit older. So they probably would have been irrelevant by now or they would be senior players. But I'll give 20, 2015 a fail, 2016, yep. fail, 2017, oh, barely a pass, uh, 2018, pass. Mm. I reckon, Governor Newman setters. Even Gibson wasn't too bad. Oh, he's cultural. I do not think that was too bad. Uh, 19 past 2020. Oh, gee, would be a borderline fail on that year. There's some some dodgy ones yeah. in there. Um, and then 21 sort of too early. But if you go sort of from those five or six years I picked out, probably two-thirds of them are no good. Um, so you can see why we're lacking there. But that is trades. Then if we go to the national draft, and I think this is really where um, it's make or break. This is where you generally get the the top-end talent. If you take yeah. besides Crips, 2013's fail, 2014 fail, 2015 was a good draft year for us. We got Weidaring, McKay, Kerno, Sauce, and Cunningham. Best one, really. Yep. Uh, 2016, I would say fail. 2017, f- probably failed. Probably rests on Conning's shoulders to see if he actually becomes any good. 2018 Will stays with us. Yeah, you got Walsh, but the rest you would say fail. 2019 uh, is probably going to be a fail. 2020 probably going to be a fail. Uh, 21 when they had Motlop and 22 away and see. so to me the the real issue there is besides 2015, we've just not had any success in the, in the, in the national draft, which I think is pretty, pretty damning. Um, Yeah. You know, we're lucky to get one good player out of each draft and, and, yeah. To build a good team, you have got to have probably three good drafts in a row. I reckon you need to really hit that. I mean, look at what Port Adelaide are doing. It's it's on the back of getting mm. the same year we picked up Walsh, they picked up Rosie and Butters. Um, yeah. You know, and that's their you know midfield set. That's two quality midfielders. Would be we would do anything to have either one of those guys running through our midfield. Um, not that's true. Not that I'd give up on Walsh, but um, no, no, no. But just saying, they're the sort of guys we need. Those. Uh, skillful, quick, hard—you know—running midfielders, which we just are severely lacking. Um, we, we've never hit, so yeah, I think there's definitely some some issues with the with the recruiting that we've had.
1: I'll post the um, photo of the our listeners list with the strikes and no strikes. So if you've listened to this and it's been hard to follow along, maybe go have a look at that, and you can see what you think of our draft years. With that said, though, Maddie, you don't—you're still bullish on the list.
0: Uh, yeah, I think the list we've got has got enough players for us to be playing good football. So, yeah, okay, we're not premiership material because we've never, like, smashed out a, a heap of drafts, but what we have managed to get is, and it's normally the hardest part of a, a list, is a spine. So we've got Wiedering, um, Kemp's coming along okay, McGuff's okay, but we've got, you know, we've got decent decent tools in the back line. We've got... Um, Decent tall forwards, we're probably missing a ruck, but we've got we've got a pretty good spine. We've got a few good pieces in the midfield in Walsh, Cripps, um, Chera. Uh, you know, we've, we've got enough there that if you can put some stuff around them or work with what you've got, I think we should be getting we're not living up to We should
1: be better than bottom four. We're not a bottom definitely, four list.
0: Definitely. But I mean you go through Far like, from. you know, you look at guys who are meant to be good midfields for us, Bokehurst. Um, Petrescu, Seaton, Fisher, Dow, O'Brien. Um, mm. You know, there's so many. Stocker. There's so many guys we've brought in who are meant to be good midfielders just, and none of them have uh, have made any Cut headway the into the team. Yeah, which is – that's what's really killed us. If we had another good two or three, you know, quality midfielders running through, that were not just these sort of inside bull types, gave us a bit more variety. I think it would be a, a pretty different-looking squad
1: But we need Hewitt back fit. We need Cunningham maybe to give us a different look. If we can just get something out of who's on the list and make a difference. Okay, I'm just going to rapid fire what we have of the mailbag with my late call out. You ready?
0: Yeah, let's go.
1: Okay, Claire Prim, can someone, you're the man for the job, Matt, please calmly and pragmatically explain what the actual F is happening to us.
0: We are losing multiple games. I think we're just seeing a, a team that has no idea what they're doing out there. The original game plan's fallen through and it's just too hard to rectify it during the season.
1: Yep. And uh, this is another way to sum it up from Gregory. Same SHIT, different day. That's about right. That is very accurate. Reeves- Reeves Drum says, Ash Hansen, 54% accuracy as a player. Is he the first out the door if we start firing? And Voss was asked about the assistance around him in the press. I felt like he hinted wrong.
0: that he wanted a, a change up. Did you get the vibes?
1: Yeah. Uh, I thought he played, toed the line, but he did, certainly didn't go into bat heavily. <laughs>
0: no, it wasn't like, no, I'm happy with my squad around me. It's like, we'll finish the season and then I'll start firing everyone.
1: Yeah, interesting. I agree, Maddie. So maybe he will be the first one out. Um, although he had big raps on him as we've talked about, so it's interesting. Nathan Rogerson says Walsh needs to attend more centre bounces as he's our only mid with run at the moment rather than, I guess, this rotating forward roll. What do you think of that?
0: Yeah, you don't see him in there in a heap. Uh, it's tough. I don't know. He's our only one with run, so you sort of want him in these half forward wing rolls, but um, he's not having much much effect. I don't know. Tricky one. I'm not sure.
1: If he if he Pass. can get back to some form, we'll <laughs> we'll take it. All right, uh, on Twitter, the Blue Pod. Ado says, I formally believe that we should have targeted experienced players last off season. It would be so valuable to have a player with premiership or finals experience in each area of the ground, but they chose not to do so. Maybe this offseason, along with everything else, that will happen.
0: Yeah, you gotta want him to come here, but I tell you what, a little gunston in our forward line would have looked pretty handy, wouldn't he?
1: Would have loved that. That wouldn't have hurt. Someone who could actually convert. But you're right. We've got to actually attract players, and we're not looking like the kind of destination club we want to be right in this moment. Uh, Mark DT, is it time to play the kids and any fringe players to see if they can do a Jones or a Kennedy turn a career from almost having their paper stamped? I guess.
0: Yeah, I think there's also just a few I haven't been given a, a given a crack yet. Uh, we went through that a bit earlier, but yeah, bins Cunningham. Um, I, yeah, yeah, I think there's sort of there's a few that definitely should get a go
1: uh candle says the lack of response after halftime clearly shows there's a lack of leadership at this club from top to bottom the game was gone in under 10 minutes of the third term unacceptable i agree with that um you can't just blame the coaches although that's definitely a factor the fact that we couldn't wrestle it back and the game basically was snuffed out within 10 minutes was pretty disappointing
0: yeah that was a a, a quick turnaround wasn't it they really just smashed us and yeah no one no one really put their foot down it was it's almost like we got knocked out, wasn't it? It's the old, you know, the boxers come out of his corner in the eighth round or whatever and uh, yeah. got dazed, didn't even know what was going on and all of a sudden he was on the canvas.
1: Do you think it is like a leadership, Matty? Do you think our leaders are I think are
0: part of the, problem? the guys have, I think they're rolling over way too easy. I think they know the season's done. I don't think they think that they can win games or at least turn games around and I do get the, the vibes, especially lately as soon as it becomes too hard. They just sort of roll over lately, which I think definitely Like can, you said
1: with the tackle count, they came out with that yeah. ferocious first term and then went, uh nah.
0: And that can be like a leadership. But, but I mean, even as a leader, it's got to be hard. This is, what, eight or nine weeks in a row. How many times can you just turn to the guy next to you and say, like, you know, do better? Like, yeah, there comes yeah. a point where even, even the most fanatical leader uh, runs out of things to do or say.
1: Yeah, exactly. And Charlie did say the players are hurting and we should say we're behind the boys. We're here every week. If you're listening every week, you know you love the club anyway, so stick with them. They're, they're feeling it and surely it'll turn at some point. Sarah Carter says, <laughs> funny off the back of my attempt to G us up, Taking my two-and-a-half-year-old nephew to the game next week. He's really excited. I think it's important to teach resilience and, dis- resilience <laughs> and disappointment from a young age. <laughs> uh,
0: how's it going for us? Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've had a, a lifetime of uh, resilience building, Carlton supporting. So, look, hopefully our kids have a bit of win- better win-loss record than we do at this point. Um, Tim W says, I, another good question from Tim. I hear about our wingers keeping our w- keeping their width. Any chance our tall forwards could keep their length? The amount of times Harry and or Charlie had the ball on the wing and no one to kick to or leaning up was very frustrating.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're being told to push back and, and help in defence though. I don't mm-hmm. think that's – I wouldn't put that on the players. That's, a, that's definitely a coaching thing. And that's all teams struggle with that. All teams want to get uh, players back to help in – it's a team defence. But you need guys to work harder forward of the ball.
1: Yeah. Mm, Okay. Interesting. So Charlie did say after the game, it's on me that I'm getting shots in weird spots, but do you think it's more he's being asked to come up?
0: Well, he's got no one to kick it to. So, and they're definitely getting asked to come up and help out and you want him winning the ball. Like uh, when we look our best is when we have the forwards, well spread out, you know, one on the wing, one deep. Um, if we're going to play that quick style of football, yeah, we're going to need guys who have more of an ability to, to run hard and push. And that's also midfielders, not just forwards. They need to be able to run forward and, and, and hurt as well.
1: Yeah, agreed. Last question from Dom in the Den. So Cunningham is right back in next week and Bin should get picked as well. Dow starts. Who was making way for these three? So oh. Dom's declared that we're having Cunners, Bins, and Dow in. I think we've talked about it already. Yeah, and Maddie's I, reeled it off.
0: I think that's very similar to the list I reeled out earlier. I think you could take your you could drop Kennedy, Cotters, Kerno, and bring those three in pretty easily.
1: Take your pick from our team at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> um, Maddie predictions against the Suns. What do you see happening?
0: It has to be a win. Gee, it's going to be a, a long time between drinks if we don't get a win. Um, I think it's down here as well. Is it? I'm not sure. So it is. Yeah.
1: It is. Will people be getting along? get along, guys? Surely. I know everyone's feeling down and out, but get along anyway. We've got to, we've got to stick together through this very trying time. One day when we eventually do well, it'll be so much sweeter for enduring all these years. I'll put together. a
0: put a caveat on it. We will win if Dow and Cunningham and Ben's get picked. That's what I'm saying. That's
1: okay. A- <laughs> that's caveat. They won't get picked. It. So um, playing it safe. Yeah, well, it would be great to have a win and go into the bye because, yeah, it's a drought. I can't believe we're in the bottom four at this part of the season, Maddie. We try to keep this podcast upbeat, but it's pretty depressing state of affairs, isn't uh, it? I
0: saw a pretty funny um, Harley, it's Harley Reid, I think. Raid, the guy, the like the, you know, he's top pick to be the number one pick, but he's been playing with our reserve yes, side. Yes, Someone put up a little, I think it was on a Carlton memes Instagram page and it was like, yeah. uh, you know, read to Carlton, like, you know, it was sort of like with a winky I face. Saw
1: hashtag tank for reads. Yeah, it was like that 10. sort of thing. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, all part of the plan, guys. Tell you what you'd be handy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, let's get him in next year. Let's get something out of this season. Ah <laughs> oh dear, we'll see you next week, Blue Crew. Thank you for choosing tuning in. Hit subscribe wherever you're listening to us and we'll pop up in your feed whenever we drop an episode. Follow us on the Instagram, the dot bluepod and on Twitter at the Blue Pod. We will see you next week. Go boys. See you Maddie. Thanks.